Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Heart and Hand is delighted to be partnering up once again with NordVPN, the premier VPN service available. You can safely search out what you like anywhere in the world with NordVPN and make sure that your privacy is protected. Go to nordvpn.com for the full range of offers. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I am your host as always and uh, maybe unlike as always recently, we've a very good mood among the Rangers support after a pretty solid week starting off with that victory over Hearts, which while not a great performance, the manner of it, I think uh, left you leaving Ibrox on a high and then a, a very good performance in Dundee was followed up by a very good performance at Hamden. Here, unusually, to discuss uh, a week where things appeared to be heading in the right direction is Andy McGowan. Hello, Andy. Hello, David. I feel like I could be auditioning for the CBBs. You know, everything's getting so cheery around here with me when yeah, I come on. Uh, it's uh, so it's yeah, yeah, well, it's, I mean, if you told us it a few weeks ago, I think we would certainly have felt that there was a, a storytelling element to it. But uh, actually, that's something the manager speaks about. He's trying to build a good story at Rangers, is a phrase he uses. And um, look, it's a few weeks. And these players have shown good form in patches before, and then the goings got tough and they've not got going. But... Um, like the manager says, let's take it one game at a time at the moment. Yesterday was a test. It was no more than that. We haven't won anything yet. He was at pains to point that out immediately after the game. But we, as he put it, if you lose it, you know, if you're in a quarter or a semi, uh, it doesn't matter. It's only if you win the, the trophy that it counts, which is the Rangers' attitude that we all want, I think. But when he came in, Andy, I think one of the things we mentioned on here, you and I were, were discussing it, was that when Bill came in, 
he he did win for a long time. He won a lot of games, um, with the exception of of Celtic, which was ultimately his undoing. But he didn't really build up much belief in the support because the manner of the victories. There was no discernible style of play, plan, uh, to, to quote Adam or tactics guys, patterns of play. You know, the, the things that you you see when you see a well-coached side, I think, when everybody seems to know what their job is. Doesn't it always come off? Of course it doesn't. But you can see what they're trying to achieve. And there's just a sense under Clement that, right, I get it. Right, I know what you're trying to do here. Um, and we saw that, as I say, in the last two matches. And it came about, like, you know, yesterday. I think the biggest thing for me is this Rangers team has started games well. And as Martin always says, I ponder Martin, he always says, the problem is they either score after 20 minutes and go, phew, and then just stop. Or they go in a huff after 20 minutes because they haven't scored and then just stop. And then they have to try and recover it in the second half. What a, a decent first half should be, and that's what we got on Wednesday night, and it's what we got yesterday. A decent first half. Rangers were the dominant side. They had most of the ball, and they made some some good chances. You need to build on that then. It becomes a good performance if you go up a gear in the second half. Rangers too often have started well and gone down gears, but it was the opposite yesterday, and then Rangers had this cup tie one after an hour. Yeah, and it's important to preface everything we say with, you know, because we get accused of uh, getting too happy too quickly, if you want to put it that way. But um, to your point about what we were seeing under Beal at the start and what we're seeing here, it's probably a question of identity because already, even a month in, you're starting to see uh, big chunks of what our identity is going to be under Clement. And you know that the press is far better. I think Daniel's got a lot to do that. Albeit the press is a lot better. Our, our ball recovery and a kind of tigery, um, kind of hustle is much much better than it was previously. And you just need to look at individual players, and they've obviously been told to do something different. John Lundstrom's a case in point. I've never seen him move so forward into the space in front of him, and his entire time at Rangers and outstripped. Uh, Players yesterday, he was he, he, oh my goodness, he was, a rocket. He's he's looking really, really good, and he was in good form before. Let's, I mean, under the latter days of Beal, he, he was, was one, one of the few players that was was contributing. Goldson's been impeccable since come on, come in. Uh, we'll talk about Tavernier, I'm sure. So there's in Scott right. There's individual players that are obviously responding to whatever is happening behind the scenes, whether it's the word in the ear, whether it's the direction on the training pitch, whether it's the uh, the tactics, as simple as that. There's things happening there which point to um, optimism, extreme optimism. And to your point yesterday about the first half, we, we went in at 0-0 and I'm like, well, hearts, the hearts are going to be like delighted that they got in there, nothing done, because we were mm. absolutely dominant. We're creating good chances. Um, giving nothing playing, away. Giving nothing away, defending their kind of one and only tactic, which was set pieces and long throws. And at, at halftime, I'm, I was like, you know, we're going to be all right here. I don't see us losing this game unless we maybe have a cataclysm, a, a set piece. But the thing to take away for that was, I think most other Rangers managers, Bill certainly would have come out with the exact same 11. But the tactical change, as we know it was now for Cantwell, for Wright, is both brave and it was a masterstroke as well because it was exactly what we were needing with hindsight. So I think things like that point towards a manager that is 
mental material difference. You cannot underplay what a manager can do. Um, and in such a short space of time, I'm enthused. I think we've just got to keep the heat bot because, you know, when false move, we have a bad result on Thursday against Sparta. It doesn't mean everything's up in the air and, it, and it's a false dawn. It just means it's it's a bump in the road. I think um, so far, the Rangers support and the squad will look at have had a shot in the arm of belief and I hope it continues. I really hope that if the trajectory of improvement across the board here, then we've got a lot of room for optimism. Yeah, I think so. Um, let, let's talk to again two changes to the side that uh, played at Dundee. In came Todd Cantwell, out went Scott Wright, who might have considered himself a wee bit unlucky mm-hmm. given his performance. Uh, and in the side came Borna Barisic ahead of Radvan Yelmaz, possibly, I think, for height, mm-hmm. um, given given the goal that was lost the, the week before. And uh, Hearts looked as though they were maybe going to come out a wee bit more uh, in the opening five, ten minutes with it really doing much of significance. Rangers asserted a grip in the middle of the park, as Andy said, with Jack and, and Lundstrom taking control of it, and then began to, to start forcing uh, chances. There was a spell round about 20, 25 minutes, Andy, where uh, Cantwell's had uh, a, a good effort, mm. nice one-turn, uh, turned and volleyed it, saved by Xander Clark, then Seema gets his head onto a cross from Tav, Tav gets to the byline, a uh, good header from Seema, another good save actually from Xander Clark. And there were a couple others, Danilo's hit one um, uh, not that far wide. And I, I really felt at that point we're, we're knocking on the door. I, I kind of mm-hmm. felt a goal was was imminent here. One didn't come, but what pleased me was that they didn't get frustrated. They didn't go in a huff, for want of a better term. And one of my frustrations in football is when you're making chances and you don't get a goal and you get frustrated and you stop doing the things that have caused you to create those chances. You you stop trying what Rangers were doing, which was giving goals, one-two-ones, uh, uh, getting to the uh, getting to the byline, playing through the centre, occasionally putting crosses in from Borna and Tav, um, but putting them in from the edge of the 18-yard box. When Rangers are putting crosses in from 30, 40 yards out, we're not playing well and we're... Mm really relying on an inch-perfect cross and a mistake from a defender in the box. Instead, there was a variation to our play, and we kept it up. And as you say, I felt at, half, at halftime, Hearts were a wee bit fortunate to be going in at nil-nil. It certainly wouldn't have flattered us to go in at least one goal up. Absolutely, and you use the phrase variation. I do The variation of attacking play is something that is, is quite stark, especially in the last two games. Dundee, I thought it was our best performance this season, and yesterday probably wasn't as good as Dundee overall. It was a pressure game. It was a, a high stakes game, and we we played our game. There was no suffocation. There was no fear. There was uh, a kind of fluidity to the play. What I'm really really heartened to see is things that I used to like under Gerard, which is interplay around the edge of the box. Um, because I think when you have that variation, as you say, David, you can you can go back to just traditional, you know, Borna. Have putting balls at whipped balls into the box. Um, what we are doing is get to the byline far more. I, I love to see Seema playing as a traditional winger. Um, he's, he's basically yesterday he was put up against Sibic, who I think is pretty poor and told to take him on. But even with him, his interchange uh, with other players was excellent. Thought Seema was excellent yesterday. He, uh, I, in our own really box as well. Problems, yeah. he, he, in the air, he's fantastic at defence set pieces. He's just, he's really I surprised me. 
he wins a lot of tackles. I, I, I noticed that yesterday. It's maybe something that um, gets gets slightly under, or maybe it's in my mind because he done that shift in Prague. But he he does come back and win the ball a fair bit. Um, he's losing his feet in a tackle as well. Yeah, and and we used to praise Kent for his ability all round the park in terms of team formation and defensive duties and all the rest of it. See, must deny all that now, and I think statistically we'd be finding he's he's killing teams far more than than Kent ever did. So he has come on a ton from. The, the, the pre-season friendlies if you remember the pre-season friendlies like, right okay <laughs> I remember Sima being good with Slavia but this doesn't seem like the same boy he's really really settled into the role of got he's became quite indispensable for us to the point where he's probably our most important attacking player but I think Danilo is the one that um, made a big difference up at Dundee and yesterday it just brings a different dynamic um, to even just the press Um and I think we can see why the six million quid was was born out. And uh, I don't know. Do we give be all the credit? Or do we give be all the the, the brickbats for this? Or do we give be all the credit for Danilo? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I think that is how it works. Although he was fit at the start of the season and he wasn't getting game time, That's true. so um, he maybe didn't quite know what to do with him. But uh, on Danilo, I think for me, it's movement. Uh-huh. It's that ability to knit moves together. Because I think a word that that. I used a lot at the start of the season was fractured, that nothing seemed to fit together. The play didn't really fit together. You didn't get moves that we saw for like the Campwell chance or the mm-hmm. Sima chance or whatever. Um, we lose that goal when somebody gets to the byline and cuts it back constantly, and yet we never did it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've started doing it, and I just variation is the word because I think a team, any team in Scotland, that look, they're going to be. Limited, right? With the best around the world, most of the teams in Scotland, with the exception of one uh, of our opponents, it, it, it's going to have limited defenders. They're not going to be big name defenders. If you are moving them about constantly, if you are coming at them from different angles, from as you said, and we were good at this under Gerard, coming at them from right and left full back, guys in the middle of the park, runners getting in beyond, and strikers and wide men then it's, right, where they're focused, you're much more likely to create a mistake. If you are constantly just doing one tactic, which is crossing it into big guys, then more often than not, they'll be very comfortable dealing with that. Also, they can just set for that. I remember a great thing Ian Ferguson said, which was every game after about five minutes, he'd try and have a shot, even if it went miles wide, because it said to them, you can't sit in against us. You'll need to come out sometimes because you don't know if I'm going to have a shot or if I'm going to pass it. Mm-hmm. And... I just felt we lacked that variation earlier in the season. And also, again, something that, that you know, the more tactical-minded folks uh, have mentioned to me, which is that yeah, a big part of what Rangers did in, in, under Beal was rely on individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully Tav will do something brilliant. Hopefully Campwell will do something. One of your special players doing something special. Instead, there are quite clear patterns of play here. And it is benefiting. You mentioned Scott Wright there. Scott Wright has looked much more comfortable because his job is much more simple. The manager wants him to get the ball, run at the fullback, either try and get get to the byline and get a cross in or cut inside and slip a ball or have a shot. And that's all he needs to worry about. He doesn't need to overthink it. He doesn't need to come up with something on the hoof. I think footballers, no matter which level, no matter how good they are, love simple instructions. 
and especially when they've got no confidence, they love to be told, right, see the day, I need you to do A, B, and C. Don't worry about anything else, just do those. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you've got someone who is prepared to do the running back the way as well, because that's important, I think, in the modern game, your forward players have got to be prepared to work very, very hard off the ball. Danilo's bringing all that, but he's knitting the play together. He's there when a move might be going up a cul-de-sac. He'll move a defender out the way if somebody's maybe ran into a, a bit of a brick wall. It's little things, but they all combine, and eventually what happens is you, you leave the defence, as Hearts were in the second half, kind of reeling yesterday, mm-hmm. and, and they fell apart. Um, change at half-time. Manager took Todd Campwell off. Campwell picked up a booking. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is actually one of these examples of two things can be correct at the same time. I think you can say that it wasn't a booking because I thought it was a harsh booking. But equally, it was, I think, maybe his third or fourth foul, mm-hmm. and it was unnecessary, and he does need to stop that. Um, I think two things can be can be right at the same time. Um, and in this instance, I think it, it probably was a harsh booking, but he probably does put himself in a position to get booked more than he needs to. In isolation, it wasn't a booking, but in the context of what had went on in the game, he'd, it was his fourth. I watched the game again. I think it was his fourth foul. And see, see, this is the thing. I, I, I kind of sensed a wee bit of criticism for Cantwell. He needs to cut out these daft puttings. The, the the joy of watching Cantwell, and especially last season, is that he brings that edge. And I think if we have to do what we're wanting to do, we need to have that somewhere in the team and more than one player. And I'm quite happy for Cantwell to be one of the players because it adds to his game when he's, um, you know, tracking back, uh, fighting for balls and. The interesting thing I think about Cantwell under Clermont is that we've not seen him as the number 10 yet, really. He's been in that kind of wide, no wide, but the, the inside right space. And I quite liked it yesterday. I thought first half we were causing him problems and he was getting opportunities and he had that volley you mentioned. We also had a wee heater that another, bit, another day could have been a beautiful glancing header. And he's clever enough to play there. And um, his movement's fantastic. If you watch him... The way he darts away for players off the ball, he he could be a real trump card in terms of that variation of attacking play we've got. But I wouldn't say I'm cut out your game. I'd say keep that in your game because I think that's what makes him a player he is. And um, it brings something to his. I think you can keep the spirit of it with it. You know, it's like, did, did you need to do that? No, don't then. I think you can say that to him because the manager has said the booking was a factor on taking him off. So, Aye. you know, it's clearly a, and he sees it as a negative. What I would say is just that I'm not, I'm still not fully convinced that Lammers and Cantwell function brilliantly in the same team. And it's early, so I don't know yet. The manager seems to prefer Lammers in the central role and, and Cantwell out wide. He spoke about it again yesterday. I think quite often they want the same space. I thought, again, Lammers was better when Campwell went off yesterday and Wright was more prepared to stay wider um, in the match. I thought Lammers was better there. Um, but again, it's it's. I don't think Campwell's fully fit yet. I think he does need to get up to speed and, and 
you know, like everybody else, learn exactly what the managers want and, uh, and and learn to play with the guys that are in them as well. You know, that's that's the thing. There's no relationship yet built up with the the, the players that he's been playing with. Um, but the guy who did come on, though, Andy, was was Scott Wright. Now, again, you know, I know that we always seem to put in a wee qualification before we speak about anybody at the moment, but that's that's because of what we've witnessed for the past two years. With Scott Wright, I, I'll be quite honest, when he got sent off against Aberdeen, and he got himself sent off that day. There's, there's no doubt about it. It was stupid. Uh, I thought I never want to see him again, and I don't think I'm going to in a Rangers shot, to be honest. I felt for him a wee bit because the manager had pitched him in that day at left midfield, which not his position. And remember, that's a manager who told him in the summer, I don't think you're good enough to play for us, so um, you, you, know, you, you can go and talk to other clubs. And then is pitching him in in the wrong place. But even so, I thought, right, we've seen enough of him over the last couple of years. My, my big gripe, always the end product. There's mm. never any end product from him. The last two games there have been. Now, two games do not make a, a Rangers career. But it is interesting in terms of the, the, the thought that Philippe Clement said when he came in. Everybody gets, a, as he put it, a, a white sheet. Everybody gets a clean slate. And... It's up to the players to respond. They're, they're basically, another thing he said is, you know, they're, they're on probation until January um, to see what they can deliver. All right can do is what he's doing, which is make yourself somebody that, that both manager and fans are going, right, fair enough, because the manager doesn't have the baggage of what he hasn't done for the last two years. The manager is only going to go on what he's given him. It's an unexpected opportunity for Scott Wright, which so far he's shown all the good signs of taking. So I'm not going to be too faced about this. Anybody sat near me at Ibrox and there were a couple of folk around me listening to this, they'll be saying, hi, right. I, uh, I slate Scott Wright. He's my least favourite Rangers player because, you know, and I don't get last with many Rangers players. This thing. I don't have a kind of malicious intent towards many Rangers players, but I, I you know, I would call him an imposter. Um, didn't he, I think I brought up in a flagship a couple of weeks ago. Andrew John McGowan, I am shocked. <laughs> the 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 fact that he'd come off the bench something like 50, 60 times and, you know, how many times you change the game. All I'm looking for for a player like Scott Wright is to contribute every now and again from the bench when you start against, you know, lesser lights in the league. Just contribute and be a really useful squad player. I'm not looking for him to become the next loud drop or... Dubois, I just want him to contribute as a good squad player because his place in that fish tank is to be the guy that is in a relatively low wage, didn't cost us anything, homegrown, which is another, a, a thing we're needing, and to just be good enough to come in and contribute every now and again, chip in with a contribution of a goal or a performance. And Wednesday night at Dundee and then yesterday at Hamden are exactly the kind of thing I'm looking for him to do because... What he good at? He's got pace. He can run at folk. Um, he can go by players when he wants to. He's got a good spin on him. You know, he can take a ball and spin away for people. And now and again, when he gets in front of goal, because he doesn't usually get that far up, he's got a decent finish. That is exactly what he needs today. And it's too early to say, right, that's him. He's reborn. He's reborn. He's transformed. All this kind of stuff. But it's hard to ignore such a difference in a player from. A matter of weeks ago, where, as you say, Davey, we would, we would have drove him to whatever Turkey's team he wanted to go to and get paid once, a, once every seven months when they would decide to pay him. He's, he's, he's got a chance to save his career here because, let me tell you, his next move is not going to be anywhere close to a team like Rangers. 
And if he doesn't yep. get a grip himself very soon, then he's going to be the biggest regret of his career. So it would be a shame for him to show the flashes of what he's shown us and not to work on that and keep going. And it might be Clement's a man for him. You, you get this with players. They find a manager that loves them and knows how to use them and gets in their head and it works. But I'm, I've not got high expectations. I just want him to contribute. So if he can do that be right, he being come on, then it bodes well for other players in and around the squad that we've not been getting the full uh, full tune out. He spoke about Lammers. He's been poor, right? But you could see that boy's got technical ability. He just hasn't been using it the right way. And playing with Can, well, whatever, I don't know. I'm interested to see how Lawrence fits into this, but there is football that can be played in and around the edge of the box, intricate football that we used to get with Hadji and Aribo and guys like that. I loved all that stuff because it kills teams when you're up against a low block. A lot more fun to watch as well. Exactly. And um, so Wright is grabbing attention because I thought he was excellent in Dundee. I thought he was really good yesterday coming off with expectation. You know, he came on yesterday and there was a job for him to be done. And he basically won his game because in that first 20 minutes of the second half, he was electric. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, him and Seymour down either flank were just battering Changed them. the game. And, yeah, and suddenly Hearts just, well, defenders don't like to be turned by quick guys. <laughs> That's the, the defenders, particularly in Scotland, they do not want fast guys running at them with control of the ball. And Rangers were doing it on both flanks and suddenly space was opening up. Didn't take a penalty to get the lead. No doubts about it, I don't think. Um I always go in a player's reaction, Andy, and Xander mm-hmm. Clark immediately went, oh, for f- you know that? I've just made an arse of that. Uh, you see it everywhere. Guy comes out, doesn't he get the ball, gets the man. Forward knows all I need to do here is just get in in front of him and touch the ball. That's what Danilo does, like a good striker. It's a penalty. Uh, Tav steps up, um, puts it away. Um, Clark tries to psych him out by, by standing, thinking he's going to hit it down the middle. He didn't and uh, Rangers were away. And, and I think there had been a sense, uh, I tweeted at half-time, and I'm not claiming any great insight here, this was a game where the first goal was crucial because if Hearts had got it and yeah. maybe caused a bit of panic with us and sat in, it would have been difficult. But if we got it, I thought we were going to go in and win by a few, and that's, of, of course, what happened. Uh, the second goal, Scott Wright, is an absolute beauty, lovely ball through from Danilo. Uh, Lammers actually involved in the build-up of it, um, but Danilo slips him in and... First time shot, arrowed low into the bottom corner, and then a few minutes later, again another great run from Scott Wright. He gets fouled on the edge of the box. Um, this was a brilliant free kick from Tav because those ones that are central and so close. It's very difficult to get it up and down over the wall with pace. That's that's the key phrase there. With pace, anybody can get it up and down over a wall. That's not the skill, but you can generally only get it up and down over the wall with a kind of chip-like shot that contains no pace. So the goalkeeper can stand in the middle of his goal and walk either way to get it because he's got time to see it as soon as it comes over the wall. See, to whip it up and down over with pace where the keeper can't react, that takes real skill. It was a peach of a goal from Tav. And we talk about the small differences, the inches in a game, and I thought the fact that he shouted, I think it was goals or something like that, over and said, no, you stand here. You know, to I just... physically moved them. I <laughs> actually went and grabbed and, the two and, of them. <laughs> and, and put them exactly where he wanted them, which is, I don't know if it's something they've been working on and they'd forgot about, or I don't know, but <clears throat> either it's way, that, that, well, that, that was the difference there because it, it, it just uh, unsighted Clark. You see him, um, if you watch it on the telly, you see him taking that slight step to his right and that's enough for him to just be off. 
it's a brilliant goal because it's not what you expect. You do not expect because because Clark's showing him the other side of the goal. He's saying go go over there, ah, yes. try, try that, clip out there, and he actually goes for the the unorthodox side. I don't really rate Clark right, but even at that, it's a brilliant goal and. And listen, listeners, <laughs> I'm not. This isn't a point scoring exercise in Tavernier, but all the crap and the stuff about him not being a leader and you know silverware and all the rest of it, stuff like that yesterday doesn't happen by accident. And I think a lot of what he's been getting, and we spoke about this before, Davy. Don't want to go your old ground, but it's just nonsense. And he's one of the what you're seeing yesterday is a full team performing. And then you see the real Tavernier because he then becomes one of five or six players that are performing instead of being the guy that we're shouting at because he's no putting a ball in somebody's head in the box. That is a perfect Tav performance. Just absolutely brilliant from start to finish. He was aggressive and he's tackling. He covered a lot of ground. He just drove us forward as well. And it was, it was rounded off by that, that free kick, which we can't take for granted, right? That these free kicks don't happen in every team and no every player can do it. So it's something that should be, you know, appreciated where we've got it. Yeah, I think with Tav, um, he never hides. And that's one thing that you can't always say about everybody in that no. squad, by the way. But Tav never hides. And because of that, because of that visibility, he, he gets more criticism. I also think he gets more criticism because we grade players on a curve. Expectation levels are different. Yeah. And this goes back to you know some of the most famous names in history that I've watched, that they would get... You know more abuse, believe it or not, than than. I mean, remember the famous one, Alan McLaren, ten minutes to go against Aberdeen in April '96, turns to Gascoigne and come on, do something. You're mm-hmm. a special player. You're supposed to do something. And there, there is, I think, a, a strong undercurrent of that with Tav. Um, and what you'll get with Tav now, because people's positions are entrenched. When he's a good game, people go, ah, where are the, the Tav haters now? And when he has a bad game, people go, ah, where are the Tav fanboys now? And that's just a battle that will rage forever, I think, um, because both both camps are very comfortable in, in their own wee groove that they've dug on that one. So I don't think it's going to change. <laughs> I'm in my groove, I know. I mean, I, I'm guilty of doing that and casting up, but I don't know. I just feel a wee bit of appreciation while he's here because I think I think if he was at the team next week, we'd soon notice. Ah, you'd miss it. Oh, you definitely would. And, and as I say, when the going gets tough... He's there. Doesn't he always, always deliver? But he, he does a lot. And you and you you can see well that's a bare minimum. Well, it might be, but you don't it's get not it. Something that we get for everybody. Aye. No, I agreed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he does deserve to to enjoy it, and he has been playing well. Um, I want to pick out though something that's quite important. Might not seem it, given the way the game went. Given you know in the end the ease with with which Rangers got through. Um, the goalkeeper. Now. A big part of Rangers folklore, especially for, for fans of our age, Andy, is, is Rangers goalkeeper. I think there are special positions at every club and based, you know, a big club anyway, based on your history and whatnot, special shots. And one of ours is a goalkeeper. It's not the same everywhere, but for us, because we've had this this lineage, this incredible run of goalkeepers, that it's a very special position for us. And when we get someone in it that we feel deserves to be, if you like, in that pantheon, then the bond between him and the support is huge. And you can see that already with, with Jack Butler. He has a song and um, the, the fans just quite clearly adore him. Uh, he, to me, looks like what he is, which is a, an England international, an EPL-level mm-hmm. player playing in a lesser league. Right, that mm-hmm. that's what he is. Although I will say that in the case of a goalkeeper, it doesn't really matter if it's a guy from 
Arsenal or a guy from Dundee, if he's hit a beauty that's heading to the top corner, <laughs> it's heading to the top mm-hmm. corner. That'll happen less in Scotland, but it will happen. And part of that is about being the Rangers goalkeeper. You might only have one or two things to do in a game, but you have got to do them. In the last couple of years with Rangers, we haven't had that because Alan McGregor, unfortunately, time had caught up with him and McLaughlin just wasn't up to it. So we've not had that. Yesterday, Hearts get a chance, set piece at 1-0, he makes the save. A couple of minutes later, he makes it a world day, and it was a world day from Stephen Kingsley. Kingsley's you know, always had a, an incredible left foot in terms of you know, goal-bound efforts. I remember he scored an absolute beauty at Hamden a few years ago. I think it was against Hibs. Um, and uh, he hits one of those. That, they're the most difficult to save because they're dipping. You know, that mm-hmm. if it's rising, you see it all the way. If it's dipping, you're having to go backwards and generate the power. And one thing he's very good at, I think, Butland, is that when he does get a hand to a ball, it's a strong hand and he plays it away. Sometimes even just enough to let him get back up and make the second save. Other times gets away. Yesterday, that's one that can easily get tipped backwards and up into the net easily. Yeah. And it's not a bad mistake from the keeper if it happens. It's a top draw save. The other thing is as well is Hearts then had a wee tiny bit of pressure. A couple of minutes really forced corners. He just comes and takes it and that's that. No bother. The last couple of years that doesn't happen. The ball for a few minutes is whizzing about our defence. The fans get anxious. The players get anxious. It becomes a mutually reinforcing negative thing. He takes it and none of that happens. Uh, the guy's top drawer. And I, I know it's only a few months in. I think we can say this here, folks. The guy is top drawer. Are you if you get your webcam on, I've just written down top drawer. Well, it's just, it's a heart and hand phrase, isn't it? Minds think like see the, see the thing with Butland. Uh, it's not just about what he's been doing on the park. The way he's carried himself since he joined the club, the way he spoke is um, in the, in the kind of furore of what we've been enduring this season. You know, there's been a whirlwind of you know panic and fear and all sorts in the support about what's been happening. You've had the change of manager and everything that comes with that and the build-up to it. He has been a guy that has, um, I wouldn't say he's given us a bit of calm, but when you hear him speaking, you understand that he's invested in Rangers. He's here for a reason. And uh, he's a leader. He's a potential second captain in that dressing room. And we're very lucky to have him. And I think he's just been a wee ray of light to the Rangers support through all this that at least we know we had our goalkeeping position sorted and that we couldn't improve there. And what we're seeing now is the team, the outfield team gets better. You're seeing that uh, he's embellishing. He, he He's just the garnish on top of the team now. We've got a good goalie. And even Clement said something the other day about, you know, if we give away chances, we've still got a good goalkeeper to get beaten. He said something like that, I can't remember. So he is... Um, he said you can't do anything with a shit goalkeeper. Is that what he said? Well, we're, we're blunt. <laughs> we're we're blunt. But, but, I mean, he's, he's he's not wrong there. And and look, that is the thing. I think sometimes people say, well, you know, oh, we gave away chances as if that's something that doesn't happen. Uh, doesn't football. Happen, eh? You're going to give away. If you give away one good chance in a game, you're actually defending all right, as long as you know you haven't made an error. But a team is capable of putting a good ball into a box or, you know, a guy's capable of smashing one from 25 yards. It can happen. You need a goalkeeper who makes the save. Andy Gorham made saves. That was a good Rangers team, but Andy yeah. Gorham made saves. Aye, so he, he's a top drawer goalkeeper. And uh, even, even up at Dundee, he made a fantastic double save. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2-0 at the time or something like that. Was, and, yep. uh, that's key moments in games that you then look back and you kind of take for granted because um, it happened. But 
if it went the other way, if we'd lose a goal up at the need to make it 2-1, who, who's to say, you know, that oh, there's a bit of pressure, a bit of panic, they get a lift for it, all this stuff like that, and he just sniffs that out. So whatever we're paying him, it's worth paying. Um, it proves that you can get top players if you play your cadre. Right. I mean, I don't know how long his move was in the making. Um, you know, I dare say we'd spoke to him a couple of seasons before that, I think. So it can happen. But what I love about Jack Bortland is that He's not come up here Billy Big Bollocks because he could have came from Man United. He could have quite sure he could have stayed in England somewhere. Um, and let's not fear him getting a move elsewhere. Let's enjoy him while he's here. And I think things I, like I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any great desire in his. Nah. You know, people have seen that. He's loving that. That's what I was I mean, going to say. Speak yeah. to Jack Butland. He, he, he loves you know life up here anyway, which helps you know family life up here. Um, but he's not a guy that's leaving his family in England, by the way, and, and coming up here through the he's week. Invested he's, in he's invested in it. And he loves the fact that, you know, it's a big club. He's playing in front of 50,000. There's a great start. He's played more games this season, started more games this season than he had in the last three. I just hope he's a status quo fan, that's what I would say, because if he's not, then that'll really, really bug him. No, he, he says he, I think he's a status quo fan, surely. <laughs> how, can, how can you dislike the quo? I mean, it's quo for crying out loud. I'm an insufferable music snob, and I love the quo. I'm shocked by that there, actually. I thought you came out and said there's three nope. chords, you know, nope, nope. Uh, listen, aberrations. Some of the best bands are three chords. I, 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 I'm a great believer that if you can't say something in three minutes, it's no worth saying. So, uh, <laughs> not musically, but uh, I think it was Paul Weller who one time um, he was being given the, uh, the Brit Award, you know, the the Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh-huh. And an interviewer was going through the the, the previous people who'd won it and they, they were going through it and he says, you know, the, the Bee Gees, he's like, you're fucking kidding, the Bee Gees, rubbish. And the like, Queen, he's like, Queen, oh, I fucking hated them, they were terrible. And then he went, status quo, and he went, ah, oh, you can't argue with that, the quo. <laughs> <laughs> and that says it all. But uh, one last thing then, just before we wrap up for the day, Andy, John Lundstrom's comments after the match. Um, hmm. where he said uh, the manager's been a breath of fresh air. There's a, a much better atmosphere around the place now. That's a quote. And people have taken that, understandably, as a dig at Bill. I didn't take that as a dig at Bill so much as praise for the current manager, but I did think it was revealing about what had happened. Now, I don't think the players are blameless, and I, I've mentioned this before and I'll stick by it. Footballers will always look for something else to explain their bad performances rather than them. So that can happen. But I think the evidence of our own eyes is telling us that something was badly wrong and something is going well now. I, I we, we can look too much into throwaway comments for a, a footballer straight after the game when, when he's, you know, his emotions are high or whatever. But... Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And I'm probably going to be a wee bit of leeway here because the pressure that would have built up in and around the training ground after, you know, basically for the first day of the season, if that come on. The result, first day of the season, aye. 100%. You know, that, that, that is very... There's no many managers can could um, spike that. I think it's nigh on impossible. I don't think that's going to get solved by having a day out of the go-karts. <laughs> right? No. So I think it's it's something that gains momentum and you can't stop it. And ultimately, cause Billy's job because he couldn't um, deflate it by winning games convincingly. That's the only way you can do it. It can't be done instantly. It's done over a period of time. And... We've seen that happen over the last many games he's had. Come on, four or five games, right? Yeah. So it's winning games and it's winning them in the right way and it's getting the feel good factor back. And I think Bill, that could have happened under Bill, but it was getting less and less likely to the point where it became an impossibility. And that's why he had to go. So I don't, I wouldn't look at it too much in terms of taking it as a straight, come on, it's great. Bill was, you know, Doctor Death, but they end up. It was, I don't think it's as simple as that. I think it's more the environment, the impact of the press that was built upon it. it was the support, you know? Clement's spoken about the synergy between the support and the team. Support had, had, had gone, you know. So once you've lost the support, I mean, the dressing room, it's, it's curtains at Rangers. So I, I wouldn't look too much into it, but it's good to hear because I don't think Lundstrom's alone and he's. Um, assessment there because you can see from the way some of your players are playing, we spoke about it at the start of the show, there's a, a spring in the step and there's a, a definite clarity in what they're being asked to do, which yeah. I think they're responding to. And that's a sign of a good manager and this is why we've got, we've got grounds for optimism in the long term. Anything can happen this season, right? We, if we don't win the League Cup, then obviously that'll be a major, major blow, but um, I go back to what we used to. I used to say about the Gerard era. Why did we stick with Gerard? Because you could see things happening on the park, which pointed towards constant improvement and an ultimate goal that you think was going to happen. There was no regression. Very, very seldom there's a regression. You get moments of regression under Gerard, like the Scottish Cup knockout at Tynecastle before you had, COVID. You had bad months, uh-huh. um, but overall, I know overall, you're saying. moving forward, and you could stick with that. And uh, very, very small sample size, but we've seen that we come on already. Yeah, and that is pretty much what we were asking for. So we go to play Prague on Thursday. It's a big, big game, um, but we go in it confident and uh, Ibrox will be full and expectant and in a good mood. So uh, it's set up to be another big night at the game on Thursday. Right then, folks, that will do us for this week here on the flagship show. A couple of things to mention uh, our upcoming live shows uh, on December the 1st. We play New Edmiston House with our special guest, Mark Haitley. So if you want to come and hear from me and, and Andy, he'll be there as well. He'll be on stage. I'll be there again. Uh, Pissed in at me for the first half. So there you go. Don't wear that jacket again. <laughs> um, but uh, no, just, just, just don't. I know that you might think, oh, Mark Haitley's here, so, but he dresses quite sensibly these. <laughs> Days. I'll get my Versace. So, uh, yeah, yeah you, can have a, you can have a Versace off uh, up, up on the stage. If you want to come to that, we're down to the last, I think, uh, 80 tickets for that. So uh, go to New Edmonton House website and under What's On, you'll see our show and you can get tickets for that. That's Friday, December the 1st. And then Thursday, March the 21st, um, we mentioned this last week, we will be uh, doing a show at the Leicester Square Theatre in London, in the heart of London's West End. 
um, with none other than Paul Gascoigne. Now, I can't quite believe this, but we've sold um, half the tickets already. So um, I would have said at first, you know, if you want to come, that's cool. You've got six months, but I don't think you will have. So if you want to come to that, then I would advise you go in and get your tickets. Certainly, especially if you want to give them to somebody for Christmas, I'd advise you go in and get them fairly sharpish. It's going to be a remarkable night. We're currently outselling the Spurs show, by the way. And I think you know, you would have thought they had a bigger audience in London than we did. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite enjoying that fact. Uh, if you want to get tickets for that, then folks, again, just uh, head to Leicester Square Theatre's website and uh, under what's on, you'll see our show with Gaza. Right then, folks, that will do us. As I say, my thanks to Andy for joining me today. Always fun, Andy, especially when it is fun to watch Rangers. Yep, that's my middle name, fun. So I'm going that's to true, reinvent yeah. myself for being the miserable guy that comes on after we've been beat to actually Mr. Oh, fun was it, victories. Was it you that had the pyro? I can't say on. I can't say, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see if you get a chap at your door now, uh, it'll be your own fault. Uh, it will be. <laughs> I, was, I was joking. I was joking. Um, my thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers, and my thanks to you most of all for listening, folks. Right, we'll be back next week uh, as we head into the international break. So until then, enjoy Thursday. Enjoy Livy if you're there. I'll talk to you then. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs> Podcast Network.